We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we've finally reached the regular season finale of the 2023-24 regular season partner. It's week 18, and goodness gracious, if you tried to convince me it was four years ago, I, I might have believed you based on the, the scenario that's involved uh, entering the final weekend here. Oh, and of course, week 18 is Ravens-Steelers. Obviously, the meaning in terms of playoff seating for the Ravens isn't on the line, but it is obviously for the Steelers, so they've got a lot to play for. And then just because it's a rivalry and nobody in Baltimore likes to see that Steelers succeed at anything. So, and there's a lot of players that have pride on the line. So yes. this still is a very meaningful game inside both locker rooms. No question. This episode is brought to you by this month's small business Patreon title sponsor, High Grounds Cafe. There's something brewing in Baltimore. Go check them out in the show notes below. Rejoining us here inside the vault is a familiar face and ESPN's own. It's Brooke Pryor who covers the Pittsburgh Steelers. And as we covered before we came on in our little pre-show meeting, wow, a lot has changed since we last had you on the first time these two teams played. And and Brooke, I just got to wonder, how are you doing before we get into how the Steelers are doing? Well, um, somehow this is only my first cup of coffee. It will be the first of about 500 today and uh, throughout the weekend because it has just been one thing after another. As soon as you think you can catch your breath, there's a quarterback change, a coordinator change, uh, who even knows what. So, yeah, it has um, been – I've covered – I started covering the Steelers in 2019 – that was the year that Ben Roethlisberger injured his elbow in, like, what, the second game of the season? And every year I think, this will be a normal one, and it has yet to be a normal one. So what has uh, – listen, I've been known to say that I describe the Steelers as the zombies because just when you think they're dead, they come back alive, or any sort of horror film like Freddy Krueger, anything, you think you've killed them and they're not. So they go on this three-game losing streak – you many thought they were dead in the water, but then they go ahead and win two in a row against the Bengals and Seahawks. Brooke, what has changed? I, I'm I I stutter because it's just like so improbable. Because you're right, they are very much like a zombie, like a, a horror movie villain that you're pretty sure you left in the woods and drove away, and then they like resurface in your bedroom a year and a half later <laughs> yeah. that's not I don't even know that that's a horror movie but like if I was gonna write one there's your plot point um the change that has happened recently is Mason Rudolph 
Um, he came in for a struggling Mitch Trubisky and just really brought an energy and a confidence that this offense needed. And I say that like it's so improbable that this would happen because, I mean, if you guys remember in 2019, Mason Rudolph was the first guy off the bench for Ben Roethlisberger and very much struggled. I mean, it was his, what I think, believe it was his first start uh, or maybe his second start against Baltimore where he got concussed and just like blacked out. I mean, he was knocked out and they had to cut his face mask off of him on the field. He didn't finish. I believe he missed the next week and Duck Hodges, mm, he may not have missed the next week. I know that Duck Hodges finished that game, but it, it always kind of felt like after that hit, he was holding on to the ball too long in the pocket. He wasn't always making the best decisions. And you just kind of wondered like, is he, gun shy what does he lack confidence like what is going on and throughout that season he did eventually end up getting benched for Duck Hodges he obviously had the on-field incident with Miles Garrett where Garrett swung Rudolph's helmet at him um, and it was just very much tumultuous and then after that he was kind of the forgotten man in Pittsburgh very much someone who was a scapegoat, was the butt of a lot of jokes in Pittsburgh that, you know, if there's a conversation about quarterbacks, it's like, well, it's Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky. And I mean, I guess there's also Mason Rudolph. Um, You know, he started sparingly over the next couple of seasons, very much in either meaningless games or emergency situations, like when Ben Roethlisberger had COVID. But now you fast forward to the end of this 2023 season, and he is much more mature, much more confident, aggressive, but in a smart way. And I think that that has been the key for the Steelers is that Mm. he's not afraid to throw the deep ball. He has a good arm. That's always been the scouting report on him, that his deep ball accuracy and and arm is very much his strength. And I think you've seen him be able to couple that skill set with this fearlessness in the right situations. Um, You look at a throw he had to George Pickens on third down in the fourth quarter where the pocket was collapsing and in his face and he stood tall in the pocket and he made that throw. It was just kind of like a screw it. George is down there somewhere and it worked and Pickens caught the ball. I mean, I don't think it's coincidence that George Pickens has had his best two games in the last week and that ability to give the Steelers a vertical threat kind of makes defenses not be able to load the box as much as they would like. So in turn, that's opened up the ground game. And I think all of that just has this offense clicking and really able to make up for a defense that's been very depleted by injuries at this point in the season. All right. So clearly they're riding what's hot. And that has been Mason, to your point, his last two starts. Look what he's done. I mean, 35 of 51 over 500 yards, a couple touchdowns. He's protecting the football, passer rating of 118.4. I guess in order to fully understand the context of where Pittsburgh is right now, what's happening with Kenny Pickett and how does the organization view his long-term future? And obviously where is his health right now? Cause we've been following your tweets and he is cleared right now medically, correct? He is. He, he was cleared late last week and there were some internet rumors that went around that Pickett refused to dress as Rudolph's backup. And then we talked with Kenny Pickett uh, earlier this week and he was vehemently denied that that was the case and said that that was an attack on his character. And my takeaway from that was that he felt like if he was healthy enough to play, he was going to start. If he wasn't going to start, then he wasn't going to play. And he boiled that down to both a health decision and also 
um, because he hadn't had the same number of reps in practice. He, I watched practice. He did all the individual work, but when it came to the, the team periods, that was all Mason Rudolph and some Mitch Trubisky because they're trying to get Rudolph up to speed. And so when you couple the layoff with the fact that he's coming off of this ankle surgery, he did not want to play based on the health and the reps, not because he was, from what he told us, not because he was salty that he had been demoted to a backup. Um, he had this tightrope surgery for his high ankle sprains or high ankle sprain on December 4th. And the timeline to return from that is anywhere from about 27 to 28 days. And he hit that mark in Seattle. And so I think that one of the things he said stuck out to me is the reason, like the, the heart of all of this is he said, I think if Mason had been playing worse, I would have come back sooner. That's kind of the crux of all this is that the Steelers found the hot hand in Mason Mm -hmm. Rudolph and they're going to ride it. I, I am interested to see how the Steelers handle this off season with Kenny Pickett because he clearly had a very disappointing second season, but he also has had a very tumultuous first two seasons in the league. When you look at the way that he was thrown in at halftime of week four without any reps with that starting group is just kind of like all right we're we're panicking this Mitch Trubisky thing is not working out we're gonna like open up the button a press in case of emergency and it's an emergency so we're ripping the band-aid off go in um and he found a rhythm toward the second half of the year this offseason felt like okay he's got a new coordinator things are gonna go great or he's got the same coordinator things are gonna go great he's comfortable in the system and he looked good in the preseason and then it just for whatever reason, didn't translate. You felt like he regressed in a lot of ways. The decision-making wasn't there. He wasn't seeing the receivers. He wasn't getting through his reads. And then they end up making the change at coordinator. And so, and on top of that, he's had three injuries, this tight rope, this ankle sprain, the one that has kept him out. Uh, but he also had the the knee, um, believe that was a bone bruise, and also the hit to his ribs. Um I think that the Steelers are not going to be hasty in this decision with the quarterback. At this point, while, yeah, it's not great that you have essentially benched your first-round pick from a year ago with the playoffs on the line, but because they have to hire a new offensive coordinator, I would anticipate that Kenny Pickett will be the starter in 2024, and they want to give him another opportunity to evaluate him to see if he has what it takes to be a quarterback in this league with a new coordinator with a new system because this is still Matt Canada's system it's just a different play caller and then that fifth year option decision will come next year and this kind of gives them another opportunity to evaluate him but I think it's a really just tough way for the second season to end especially when it started out with so much promise Mm -hmm. So, Brooke, you've mentioned the offensive coordinator change. We'll get to that in a second. I remember the last time we talked, none of us anticipated them just because the Ravens and Steelers are like these paragons of stability, right? So it's like no way would they do that in season. Um, but before I get we revisit that, Mike Tomlin, again, during that kind of like three-game skid, maybe it's just fan-driven, maybe some talking about, you know, is is his seat warm just because – is it enough to not – I mean, it looks like even if the, the Steelers were to lose, they're going to avoid a losing season again, which is continues the streak for Mike Tomlin. But is there any way his seat is warm, or has he done enough to, like, turn things around to, again, make things comfortable going into the offseason? 
You know, I, I think he has done enough to turn things around. I don't think that this is a situation where the Steelers are going to end his contract early. He has a one <coughs> year left on his contract, um, or two years, one year <coughs> left. Um, at this point, I would kind of anticipate either an extension this summer. To me, the, the extension feels like the most likely thing. I don't think that they would let him go into a final season as a lame duck head coach, essentially. I don't think they would make him coach out the last year of his contract before deciding on an extension because if you let him hit the free market, he's going to be the highest paid head coach in the NFL and will have like five job offers in two seconds. Um, the To me, I think the only very, very unlikely ways that he would – not be with the Steelers next year is a, if they traded him. Um, but that would, it, it feels so incredibly unlikely given the turnaround that we've seen in the last two weeks and they would have to get a haul of draft picks. It would be crazy. And I, I think the reason that I think it's so unlikely that they would shop him on the trade market is because when I talk to guys in the locker room, and say, why have you guys turned it around? What has been the thing that has gotten you going the last couple of weeks? Their answer is Mike Tomlin. Every single time, it's it's mm-hmm. this is Mike Tomlin. It is the way that he leads us, the way he motivates us, the message he gives us. And while it feels like externally that message isn't resonating in the locker room, the locker room says it still does. And I think that the Steelers look at that and they're like, okay, well, we have to change something, but we don't want to change the guy at the top. And this is where I think it helps Mike Tomlin that he gets to make an offensive coordinator hire this next year. And because that's the side of the ball that you need to get right and get right from the beginning because you have the pieces there. You've just got to put it all together. And so I, I think he stays. And then the only other way would be if, if he felt like his message was no longer resonating and he said, you know what, I, I think it's time that we need to mutually part ways here. But again, I, I don't see that happening. So if, if ever we thought that his seat was even lukewarm, it is, I believe, ice cold at this okay. point. But then again, I said the last time I was on here that there was no way they would fire Matt Canada, and then they did. So who knows what the Roonies are doing and thinking. And that's where we're going now. Perfect segue, like Sarah was kind of alluding to there. In November, a very, very rare decision is made, and we were all shocked. I know you were as well. Matt Canada is gone. They bring in, or I guess they just promote, Eddie Faulkner, right? And so what has life been like since? And was that universally sort of accepted internally from your vantage point? Or what do you think there? You know, I I think that it was a necessary thing that they did because it, it was clear that that was not going to get better. And they kind of needed, unfortunately, I think Matt Canada was kind of a scapegoat in the situation because there were a lot of different things that were going wrong. Um, but I think that there were just some differences in philosophy when you look at the way that Kenny Pickett was being developed and it makes you wonder, well, was he being told one thing by the quarterback's coach and one thing by the offensive coordinator? Like, why is he getting mixed messages? Is that why things are not seamlessly um, improving? Is that why he's regressing? And I think that they needed, you know, Mike Tomlin said, you're not going to get that pound of flesh from me when you ask him about it. You know, essentially we were trying to, you know, pin him down on, did he feel like Matt Canada was the problem? And he was trying to be very diplomatic about it, but essentially Matt Canada's firing was that pound of flesh that somebody had to kind of atone for this just, 
I mean, you felt like just these, the offense just kind of running in place um, and sometimes moonwalking backwards. And so I think that internally guys have said, you know, we feel responsible. Players have said, we feel responsible for this because we're the ones on the field. We're the ones not executing and we cost this man his job. Um, And so I think that that in some ways has been a rallying point. He was not, it wasn't like ding dong, the wicked, which is dead. Like it, it, there was not that sense of feeling. There wasn't a celebration that somebody lost their job because I think the the guys in the locker room didn't have the same level of like vitriol and hate toward Canada that the outside fans did. Um, I think the, 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 the situation at coordinator now is very interesting because Eddie Faulkner is the day to day offensive coordinator handling game plans and organization and and leading meetings and things like that. But then Mike Sullivan is the play caller on game day. And it's a very weird split because you can have that when the head coach is the play caller and then you also have an offensive coordinator. But in this case, they're already as a head coach and now you have an offensive coordinator that does organization, but then another one that does play calling. Um, but they've said that the communication is going well. Um, I really like Eddie Faulkner. I really like his energy. Um, he's very much a no-nonsense guy. Um, that's the sense that I've gotten from everyone that he's worked with, former running backs coach, um, or I guess current running backs coach with these added coordinator responsibilities. Um, and he was just saying yesterday that nobody acted funny after Canada got fired. There was no like moping. There was no like the staff wasn't shell-shocked they were just kind of like all right this is business as usual we have to keep going and I think that the consistency there is why the Steelers are able to be zombies because they're going to be the same when they're in their lowest point and the same in their highest point and it just kind of I think gives this steadying force to everything that they are kind of able to eventually balance it out but I I'm interested to see what they do in the offseason because at this point I don't feel like they're going to make one of those guys the permanent coordinator. Obviously, a lot can change, but I think that the best thing for the organization is to bring in somebody new. Um, but, you know, what I think is best for the organization is not always what uh, the people who make decisions think is best for the organization. So for this game, this is just the third time this season that the Ravens are considered underdogs. I think Bobby just had that slide up where they're, I think, three and a, three and a half point underdogs. Obviously, John Harbaugh announced uh, Wednesday Lamar Jackson will not be playing. He didn't announce anybody else, but I imagine a handful of starters aren't going to play. What was the reaction in Pittsburgh when that was confirmed? Uh, and and can you run us through the their their playoff scenarios? Like how big is this? I mean, I assume they're they're not complaining that Lamar is not going to play with these <laughs> playoff scenarios on the line. Yeah, I'm glad that you guys have the slide up of the full breakdown yeah. <laughs> because I can't keep track of it. Um, the Steelers, this is the crazy thing. The Steelers can still get into the playoffs with a win or a loss. And I asked Cam Hayward yesterday if it felt like this was a groundhog day situation because of how the last couple of seasons have gone with them, where it feels like they are waiting for the outcomes of the last games in the last week. And I believe it was what, two years ago when the Ravens were resting their starters and the Steelers had to come in and Ben's final regular season game. Uh, and they needed to win, and then they needed that Chargers game that night to do anything but end in a tie. And it almost ended in a tie. <laughs> and then they, I think the Raiders ended up kicking a field goal uh, to, what, eliminate both of 
them, it was so crazy. I just remember my heart rate spiking. (laughs) But in this situation, they can get in if they win and Buffalo loses to Miami, which is going to be a lot harder given the injuries that Miami has, or if the Steelers win and Jacksonville loses, or if the Steelers win and Indy Houston ends in a tie, or (laughs) if the Steelers tie and Indian Houston don't end in a tie and Jacksonville loses, or even if the Steelers lose, if Indy and Houston don't end in a tie, Jacksonville loses and Denver wins. Oh my God. That's how they get in. So it, can you repeat that, Brooke? No. I, oh my God. Like, here's, I was told there would be no math in yeah. sports journalism. And this just feels like a very extended stats problem. And my brain just shuts down. So, yeah. Um, the thing that I thought was funny is I, I asked Cam Hayward because, like, the Steelers probably won't know until late Sunday afternoon if they're going to make it. And so I asked him, hey, we're like, well, what do you do Sunday? Like, do you guys all come into the facility and like watch it together? And he's like, no, this is not like a kumbaya situation. We're all going to be at home with our families on the couch watching it. And then we'll just, we're going to plan to come in to, to the locker room on Monday, business as usual. Because the reality is, yeah, they'll be in the locker room Monday, regardless of the outcome, but they're either going to be cleaning out their lockers or they're going to be preparing to face, I think, the two likely opponents would be either Miami or Kansas City. So they are they are in such a just weird situation, but one that has become, unfortunately for them, very, very familiar in the last couple of years. Where is their overall health picture entering the final frame? It's better than it was the last two weeks. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick and Alandon Roberts both practiced uh, yesterday for the first time since their injuries. Um, Getting Minka back would be huge um, to pair him with Patrick Peterson back there at safety, which is wild that Patrick Peterson's a safety now. Also wild that Minka Fitzpatrick made the Pro Bowl despite playing, I think, fewer than 50% of the Steelers' uh, defensive snaps. But, you know, that's Pro Bowl voting is Pro Bowl voting. Um, Offensively, they're pretty healthy, but yeah, defense, the inside linebacker group, they really have to hope that a Landon Roberts can come back because of all of the injuries they've had there. Um, secondary wise, yeah, Minka's, Minka's the big one. Najee Harris has been dealing with a knee injury for the last couple of weeks. He didn't practice um, on Wednesday, but I don't anticipate that's going to be something that holds him back because if you saw the way he played in Seattle, he is running like a man possessed, uh, and so is Jalen Warren. So, This team is definitely healthier than they have been going into this one. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, Ravens, I, well, no, that's not true. I was going to say Ravens are healthy too, but they're not. They've been healthy then the last couple of weeks. They, they kind of hit some nicks and bruises. So obviously not entirely sure who's going to play, but Kind of what matchups or keys are you going to be looking for for the rates for the Steelers to to win this one? I mean, I think it's it's got to come down to the run game again. I know Baltimore has a great defense, but who knows who's going to be playing? But I think that the Steelers, you know, it, it's been frustrating to watch them at times because they'll have weeks where they run the ball great, and then the next week it's like they forget that they have a ground game. So I think I'm going to be looking to see how they go against the Ravens' defense. And then on the other side of it, I mean, the Steelers have got to contain Tyler Huntley. Um, they've had some success against him before. For whatever reason, the Steelers' defense seems to do really well against Ravens' quarterbacks, even when Ravens' quarterbacks are incredibly talented and give everybody else fits, um, at least recently. I am interested to see how active T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith are, how much they're able to contain him. Um, that, to me, is, is going to be the, the big matchup to watch. It's pretty crazy. Like, take the drops aside, I guess, since they weren't his fault uh, earlier in the year. But you put Lamar's numbers up against on the screen against Pittsburgh over his six seasons, even though there's been a couple that he's that he's missed due to injury and, and COVID. And then against the rest of the league, it's like night and day. I mean, really, it really is wild. They played him well. Games are different. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the biggest like head scratching. Can't figure it out. I mean, the the Steelers are such. I mean, a, a mystery team when it comes to the Ravens. I mean, it's one of those, like, it's a rivalry. Throw all the records out. Throw all the stats yeah. out. And that's one of them that, for whatever reason, the Steelers just have Lamar's number. And then it kind of seems like that carries over to whoever's in there backing him up, that they're going to play well against him, too. Yep. Chalk it up to the rivalry. <laughs> What's yeah. your prediction? Oh, I think... I think it's going to be a close one. The Steelers have scored over 30 points the last two games. I don't know that they get there, but I think the Steelers will win 21-17. Maybe I think it's going to be a close one, but they're the like most chaotic thing possible will end up happening with them trying to get into the playoffs. I'm sure of it. So <laughs> I, I think they'll win a close one, but it's going to be another one of those get an alert from my Apple watch that says, Hey, you've been stationary, but you have a sustained heart rate of above 120 for five minutes. Are you okay? Like, no, I'm not. I'm not okay. It's week 18. And I don't know if, if the team I cover is going to the playoffs. So maybe one of these then that we have on the screen could play out. Maybe the one three through five. Is that kind of what you're alluding to there? <laughs> yeah. At, at the, yeah. At this one of those. Point, there's going to be a tie. I think, I feel like at this point, three is the most chaotic possibility and that's what will end up happening a tie would be absurd for, for yeah, the or, or four yeah three or four either indy houston ends in a tie or this game ends in a tie because that's oh. just the most improbable thing 
Goodness gracious. You can be found on Twitter at BE Prior as we have up on the screen. Let everybody know what else you have coming up this weekend. Uh, I have a couple things already up about how the Steelers offense has kind of bounced back. Some inside stuff on what's going on with the Kenny Pickett deal. Uh, what it's like for Mason Rudolph to bounce back from being kind of the scapegoat to now being the man of Pittsburgh. And it's all on ESPN.com on the NFL page. We're looking forward to seeing you back up there on the national network. I always smile. That's our, that's our gal up there. Fired <laughs> up about that. So appreciate well, I will you, be bro. back on 11 a.m. Saturday morning from Baltimore. So okay. I will all catch right. you guys then. Awesome. Looking forward this to it. Happy been New great, Year. Brooke. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. Appreciate it, Brooke. Brooke Pryor, ESPN.com. You can catch her on the mothership on Saturday morning, and she always brings it. Love her. Uh, hey, she's working for ESPN for a reason, man. She's she uh, these these like athletic or ESPN print print people are like encyclopedias for sure. Like they just have such a finger on the pulse for the team that they cover. So, you know, as she was talking about. Mason Rudolph, I'm just like, it just, it just, every single time somebody succeeds out of nowhere, it's because of this inner confidence. And she had mentioned that crazy scene with, between him and, and Garrett a couple years ago. I remember watching that live, but I remember being like, holy crap, like Mason's not afraid of nothing. He's not afraid of nothing. You know what I mean? Just like, holy moly. So When she says that, like, you bring him in because he's got this inner confidence and everybody's forgotten about him and he's kind of been the joke, like, when you have an inner confidence, like, you just transcend all that. You transcend all of it. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I said this the other day when I was talking about Zay Flowers, like, a trait to me that you got to have is somebody that has inner confidence. Again, that's not cocky. You, you know it when you see it. You know a confident person, but not cocky when you see it. And um, yeah, that just that stuck out to me. So, and then when I asked her like what's been the difference and she said it was him, like that's interesting because it wasn't the coordinator change. It's not like they got better after the coordinator change and as she said, he was a scapegoat. So, it'll be interesting and I don't know who's going to be out there. Like I don't know who's going to be out there for the Ravens. Like I don't know that Roquan's going to be playing. I don't know yeah. if PQ's going to be playing. And by the way, congratulations to them on the Pro Bowl. Like Yes. You know, we we haven't been able to get to that yet, but seven Pro Bowlers, so congrats to them all. But it'll it'll be interesting for sure when you know Steelers are fighting for the lives their lives, and the Ravens are more uh, fighting for pride. Just in case you missed this, because it came out late on Wednesday evening, seven of them made it. To your point, Lamar, Kyle Hamilton, Kyle, Ham- a bunch of first timers, by the way, not yeah. Lamar, but Kyle Hamilton, first timer, Tyler Linderbaum, Justin Matabike. And PQ are all first timers, as was or not not Roquan, but uh, Roquan and Justin Tucker were also on this list. So seven in total. There were a few snubs. Pat Ricard comes to mind. Geno Stone, who's second in the league in interceptions, and then uh, who was Zeitler. the third? And Kevin Zeitler, who yeah. still is looking for that elusive first honor. Oh man! I mean, to Brooks' point though, a little while ago, she was kind of alluding to this. It is a popularity contest. You could probably make an argument that Justin Tucker got in this year based on that, just based on his standards. Obviously, mm. he's still the game game's most accurate kicker. But um, but this year, to his standards, they've been better. Well, and then for first-timers, I don't know how much that is like popularity. Like, I don't know that Linderbaum is like a popular – you know what I mean? It's kind of like uh, – it, it's definitely a mix, though. I definitely think you can sometimes get in on 
um, reputation for sure. But so, yeah, the two that stuck out to me was obviously having two, not only do you have two inside linebackers on your team that made it. And by the way, San Francisco didn't have that 49ers fans that kept coming after me when I declared that the Ravens have the best inside linebacker duo. Receipt um, keeper. But what'd you, yeah, what'd you Rece- say? Receipt keeper. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also they're the only inside linebackers for the AFC that are going. So they both come from Baltimore. The other thing that stood out to me was that Hamilton and um, Linderbaum were the two first round draft picks from 2022. And so just in their second year, they both make the Pro Bowl. Like, hi, Eric DaCosta. He nailed that. And just really, Eric DaCosta, you think about it, all those four first timers are all Eric DaCosta draft picks. Lamar Jackson, he just re signed this offseason. Roquan, he just traded for and then re signed right before the offseason. And, um, and then longtime Justin Tucker. So, I mean, Eric, when you when you look at that, it's just like, holy moly, Eric Eric's, uh, knocked it out of the park. Oh, without question. And I, I wanted to give a special shout out to something that I tweeted about. You tweeted about it. Everybody's tweeting about it because it's hard not to think this. And as I put it on Twitter, it's hard not to feel giddy for mm. Patrick Queen after watching the Ravens productions inside access video of Eric DaCosta breaking the news to his first year guys that they made it. And it was clear, abundantly clear, how much this means to him. Here's PQ getting the honor. You did it, man. You're a football linebacker. Well. All that work. I don't think it's set in yet, honestly. These first-time guys that make it, it's a special thing. In most cases, probably a significant goal that these guys have to be at the very top of their profession, at their positions in the league. Gives them a chance to see how other people who are very, very involved in our sport feel about them as players. So that's just a small snippet there. The whole two-plus-minute video is up on Ravens Productions accounts. And I just want to give PQ a shout-out. I remember talking after the draft, after the the cryptic tweet after Trenton Simpson was drafted. I remember kind of suggesting that there's a chance maybe he he won't play this year. He won't be back in Baltimore. I remember having that conversation. I remember the Ray Lewis expectations from the moment he was drafted, right? I remember Roquan getting paid big money his first year in Baltimore that could have gone to PQ, right? We remember what Trenton Simpson's drafting meant potentially to Patrick's future, in Baltimore because of the money that they paid to Roquan. And then we remember his fifth year option being declined in May. So yet here he is having the season of his life against uh, aside from one of the game's top linebackers, if not the top linebacker in all of football, they've become the top duo in all of football. Uh, and, and as I tweeted that, that is what a war daddy looks, sounds and acts like, and I'm just thrilled for the player. Patrick Queen, I first of all, I cannot wait to talk to Roquan about all this. So this would be good to get him. We'll get him after that the Steelers game. Um, Patrick Queen, I believe, was 20 years old when he was drafted. He's he's 24 now. Um, so yeah, I believe he was. And so, and remember, he was coming in um off off of the COVID year, so he didn't it just was it was just weird. We didn't and have a normal so offseason at all, like ramp-up period nothing, and all that. Nothing was normal about – and remember, he barely got to play a, a lot at LSU. Remember, he came on kind of in that one year. 
And so like coming from that experience, being super young, coming in during COVID, nothing was normal, not being able to learn an NFL system the normal way because of it all. Like he just, there was so much stacked against him and so many people gave up on him. Bust is a first rounder, get rid of him, yada, yada, yada. And that's why you see that emotion. Like he just, there was so much stacked against him. And that's why I love watching first timers or like guys that like had to work, work so hard for it. And it was even before he like put his head down, like when he first, when EDC first told him and he's like, it just felt like he breathed out this sigh of relief. It was just like so much weight on his shoulders. He's been wanting to prove so much and he cares so much. So for sure, when I watched his reaction, that one got to me the most. I, I'm so, so happy for him. And can I just say, I wish they only brought in the first-timers. <laughs> I would have liked to have seen Lamar Jackson's reaction. <laughs> if it's anything like, here's a newspaper that says you're the AFC's best, and he's like, oh, that's cool. Here's everybody chanting your name. Oh, I wasn't really paying attention. I was just trying to like make sure that we were going to finish this game. Like, I just wanted to see him go in there and EDC be like, you made the Pro Bowl. And he's like, all right, cool. And then, like, leave. <laughs> you know I mean? That would have been great. <laughs> Straight up. Because that's <laughs> – I just made a video about this earlier today, like the, the little six-second clip, and I have it right here for you. Because this, to me, this right here is the inside access. And, by the way, we use so much of the Ravens Productions content all year long, and we just got to mm-hmm. give them a shout-out. Because their team, led by Jay O'Brien and company – do incredible work. And the fact that Eric DaCosta, the Ravens front office, allows for a lot of this access, I think it's great for the fans. I think a lot of people have been showing their appreciation, as have we. This right here from Lamar during the Miami game, when, when things were well out of out of reach for the Dolphins, this to have this kind of Mamba mentality-like approach to channel the late and honor the late, great Kobe Bryant, I thought is just telling. Six seconds, you think you can't get much from it? I think the other. I mean, that right there, six seconds, says so much. Calm the bleep down. We have been hearing, like, we hear reports that he's, like, since, and Marlon has said it. Remember we played that that um, locker room post game? I yes. can't remember which game it was, but Marlon was like, yeah, Lamar called me out, and he said – Ever since he signed that contract, he's come in and he's been more vocal. That's how Lamar's vocal. Like, nobody better, like, lose their mind. Nobody, like, get caught up in the moment. Like, you know, who knows what the back and forth was. I'd like to know what they were, like, you know, not coming down about. But when he comes in, he's like, when Lamar comes in, he says, hey, 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 calm the bleep down. Everybody's going to listen, you know. And, and, And I love it. I love I love him taking the next step up as a leader. And that doesn't mean I remember John Harbaugh being like, Oh, it it implies that he wasn't a good leader before, but like, uh, for example, my personality is like when I am new to a situation, I don't come in acting like I'm like God's gift. Do you know what I mean? Like I want to fill out the situation. I want to feel like, I don't want to like come in guns a blazing. And I, to me, I like to come in with a little bit of humility. Like this is, I'm new to this situation or whatever. Doesn't mean that I can't be vocal, right? Clearly everybody knows that I am. But a lot of times when I'm new to a situation, I just shut up because it's like, it's not my place yet. It's not my place. It's something that I have to earn. And so like, 
if he if the contract made him feel like he earned to be able to speak up, I love it because I love the moment like that. Yeah, hundred percent. I hope we continue to see stuff like that because it's revealing and so telling, even though it is just six total seconds. Probably not much more we're going to learn about these two teams over the next twenty four hours. So we should probably hit our predictions now, don't yeah. you think? Yeah. Based on because we don't know. I mean, the Ravens aren't going to tip their hand more so than they already have in terms of like naming. They they've named Tyler Huntley the starter as we've covered. But other than that, while the inactive, while the the injury report from Wednesday was somewhat telling in terms of who may not, who may be inactive come Saturday, we're probably not going to learn a ton more. So, uh, look, as much as I hate to to pick against the Ravens back to back weeks, Pittsburgh has a ton to play for. We know the scenarios that are in place. We know that Mason Rudolph, we've covered it with Brooke. I thought she did a really thorough job in terms of the way that he's been playing the game uh, with with such poise. Uh, really, qu- quite a turnaround given where he was. I mean, almost like shunned in a sense. To, to I don't know whether that was internally or, or externally in Pittsburgh, but he has been the guy right now. He's got this, this I don't know, I want to call the offense humming. That's not exactly the case, but certainly more so than what they were earlier on in the season. And so with that in mind, with no Lamar, we know the difference and, and the drop-off that there is. Even though Tyler Huntley had them in a position to win a year ago in Cincinnati, we know there is a drop-off in production and efficiency, and then you take away some more horses. They got bigger fish to fry. They understand what's coming up. I'm not saying at all that they're throwing in the towel. And I think their depth is going to be on display. I think it's going to be a close game, no mm-hmm. doubt, much like it was a year ago in Cincinnati. But I think Pittsburgh – uh, knows what's what's in sight here, even though they need a little bit of help. They need to win, and they need a little help later on in the weekend. I think they find a way uh, on Saturday in Baltimore, 20-17. to 17. How about you? 20-17, to 17, you said. That was the theme as Brooke. And I th- well, she said 21-17, to 17, I think, yeah. Uh, I, and I agree, it would probably be right around there. Here's what's crazy, Bobby, is it wouldn't surprise me at all just because of the depth. I mean – you're going to be playing um, – I mean, Darby's still going to have to be out there. Rocky yeah. Seen is still going to have to be out Ball there, right? Probably. So, yeah. Yeah, and like – yeah, because all the other guys are injured, so they're going to have to be out there anyway. Heck, Gino um, might be out there. Gino will probably <laughs> be out there. I could see him picking off like Rayson, Mason Rudolph, right? And like making uh, – and that would be the key. Because the depth is so deep on defense, I could see like turnovers kind of putting Tyler Huntley and the offense – kind of in position. Um, so while it wouldn't surprise me, I think it would be wrong of me to expect it. You know what I mean? Like Tyler Huntley going out there, he's probably, I with the way Zay Flowers has been on the injury report the last couple of weeks, can't imagine him playing. There's no way you're putting OBJ out there. Um, so he's going to be working with probably Devin Duvernay, who again – is a great receiver, but obviously is an OBJ and the, the, the ride that Zay Flowers has been on. I don't know how much you're going to play Isaiah likely. So you're going to have Kohler bring some guys up from the practice squad. So Tylen, Tylen will be out there. Tylen. Yeah. Tylen will get some Malik Cunningham might get some reps. Malik ham and, um, cutting Malik, Malik Cunningham. Oh, Oh yeah. 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 He might get some reps at wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. The, the quarterback the Ravens just picked up. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so yeah, because Harbaugh said he would be. He he said he'll he'll be a factor. Like who's gonna be on the offensive line? Um Cleveland probably. Cleveland will he'll probably the, be at right guard. At center? You'll have um you'll have uh, Sam Mustafer at center. There you you'll go. You'll have you'll probably have Falalele on the right hand side. Left will or be or left. Or left if they want to. 
they got to be careful with McCarry because they're going to want to do that rotation in the postseason, you would think. Right. So I'm very interested in the offensive line. Yeah. Because of that. Anyway, listen, these are guys. Oh my gosh. I just, I want for them to pull off this upset. Yeah. Because you know, they <laughs> want to put this on. Like, this is their opportunity. This is better than like preseason, right? When you get to put stuff on. You're going up against a division rival, TJ Watts out there. They're yeah. like, everybody's going to be out there and you have a shot to be like, Hey, I'm either going into free agency or whatever. Like, don't forget this tape. So I want more than anything for those guys to just be like, watch this. But at the same time, I think it would be wrong of me to expect it. So for that reason, I'm going to predict a Steelers win. Um, I'll go, um, 24, 21, but man, I hope these guys are able to upset them and just us talk on Sunday being like the depth of this team is unreal. We neither one of us will be surprised if we're absolutely yeah. showing all kinds of love to the depth for three hours on yeah. well, it was not gonna be that long, but but an hour on on Saturday evening, you know, and Snoop has a lot to play for. Snoop's oh, playing yeah. for his he's future. A, he's finally a like unrestricted free agent. Yep. So this is this is a big, big moment for him. And 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 some of these wide receivers too. I mean, yep. Devin. I mean, all these guys. This is this is this is a huge moment for them. Yep. Everybody has something to play for. Snoop is playing for his immediate future as early as next year in the NFL, trying to keep his name alive as somebody who could be available. Well, will be available one way or another. We'll see how the Ravens handle that. Shout out to our newest patrons, our newest patrons who are supporting us here inside the channel through Patreon this month. Kelly Harris and Tracy Abney. We appreciate you both. Thank you for believing in what we're building here. And if you guys are interested in doing the same and you don't already, visit patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault Podcast or just find the link that's included in the show notes below. Still efforting to get number 52 on the show. He's pretty busy this time of year. I'm pretty sure all year round he's busy, but Ray Lewis and I are DMing back and forth. Uh, There hasn't been that back and forth, actually. I just followed up today for the first time, just to be honest with everybody. Did he reply? (laughs) Not yet. I literally like right before we came on, just kind of circled back with him, said, hey, you know, um, we got a lot of time during the bye week. And that probably before we close is a great segue to say we're really excited to be doing a marathon wall to wall live stream on Thursday, January 11th of the bye week from 6 to 10 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be a joint simulcast live stream. We're going to have content creators, hopefully some media members and hopefully some fan call-ins as well. And maybe a headliner. We're still working on a headliner. We got a couple people in mind that we're reaching out to. So uh, just kind of a different thing. Figured bye week was a great time to do it. Maybe content will be rather slow. Hopefully not. Maybe not. But regardless of whether or not it is or isn't, we're going to be doing this and it should be a, a little twist, something different for us, you know? That'll be fun. Yeah. So mark your calendars. January 11th, Thursday night, 6 to 10 p.m. Eastern. So for Brooke Pryor, an awesome Steelers guest, for my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this official game preview. Special thanks to High Grounds Cafe for being this month's small business Patreon title sponsor. You can go check them out in the show notes below.